everybody. This is Joanne French and your host of Women Interviews, where we talk to women business owners, discuss their trials, their tribulations, days of pure joy and pure terror as they forge a path to a successful business. I hope you learn a lot from these ladies. I know I have. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And just one shout out to our sponsor, interviews.com. Thanks so much. Hi, Jody. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, so as of today, we still don't have a name for the podcast, but I'm um, really happy that you're here. And uh, we'll, we can even talk about names if you'd like. But I want to introduce to my listeners, Jody Dengler. She owns Sun Otter Tours, and she's going to talk to us a little bit today about how she got started in her business, what it's like to own a touring company, and why you should consider a tour, when, especially when you're down here in beautiful Sussex County, Delaware. But with that said, Jody, I'd like to just turn it over for you. We could just um, say hi and tell us a little bit about your business and how you how you got started in it. Sure. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to be with you. Um, my name is Jody Dengler. I own Sun Otter Tours, and we started in 2017, so we're just a little over two years old. It feels like a lot longer than two years, but um, just two years old. I kind of got started because. Um, in 2015, I was part of the first certification class for Delaware tour guides. At the time, I wasn't really necessarily looking to become a tour guide, but uh, I was looking for people who were doing that sort of thing. I was working at Wilmington University, and we were really interested in finding out who was doing kind of things to promote Sussex County. So I took this class. And the following year, I was talking with a friend of mine who had been in that class, and we were talking about, uh, yeah, we're, you know, but what if we really did want to do that? And we started kind of listing the opportunities, and then the opportunities just seemed like they were overwhelming. And I thought, oh my God, I really, I really have to look into this. And I went to Southern Delaware Tourism and started talking to them in earnest and some of the local chambers. And then the most significant step was I went to the Small Business Center, the Small Business Development Center, and started talking to Cindy Small. And really, that's what helped turn Idle Talk into like an actual plan that seemed doable. So that's how I get started with Sun Otter Tours. That's great. And I just want to mention to our listeners that that's a great way to get started, to reach out for help there within your state. There's um, usually SCORE in Delaware, where Jody and I live. There's the Small Business Delaware. I forget the acronym already, but I I also reached out to Cindy Small um, because it's it's pretty overwhelming when you're we're just getting started and you feel pretty alone. And I know Cindy really helped me out a lot. Um, in fact, I'd like to interview her for a podcast as well. That would um, be great. Just, just to like alleviate some of that fear. And it's, there's so much stuff you have to do. And to find that um, anchor or someone who could just help you out in the beginning is, is great. So you said that's how the ball kind of got rolling is after you reached out it to, really did. to her. Yeah, it really did. The Small Business Development Center, the CBDC here in Georgetown, um, they really helped me kind of put things in order of how to get started. And so I started going around to hotels and asking them, you know, um, what their customers wanted and started putting together a couple of tours. 
What was the first tour that you put together? The first tour, the first tour that I just had my sights on was um, with the Delaware Sea Grant program and the University of Delaware. I wanted this tour so bad. And when I, when I went to this, the University of Delaware, I didn't know anybody there. I mean, I just walked in cold and I kind of uh-huh. presented my idea and they were like, mm, no, <laughs> I was really? so surprised that their focus was on like educating people and not on having visitors tramp through there. So But I just kept going back and back. And I finally found someone there that said, yeah, that could work. And so our first tour, and it was my favorite tour, it's probably still my favorite tour, is our beach science tour. And with that, we go out to Delaware Sea Grant and the University of Delaware. We have a pilot program going with them. And we go out to the bay and we talk about the importance of the bay and phytoplankton and zooplankton and really nerdy stuff. And uh, we take samples and we go back to the University of Delaware's labs at the point in Lewis. And we look at the samples under a high-powered microscope. And it is so much fun to watch people as they kind of discover all the organisms in their samples. And, um, you know, you'd think it would get old, but it never does. It's really incredible. So from there... We talk, of course, we talk about the wind turbine at the University of Delaware. We go out to Cape Henlopen State Park and we seine the bay with park rangers. And seining is a way of fishing that uses this big net to pull your catch ashore. And we use uh, this big net kind of in a circular motion. We pull in crabs and fish and eel and all sorts of things. Um, and our guests go about knee deep into the water and pull everything out. Every catch is different. And so the cool thing is that we're catching the very things that are eating the things that we looked at under the microscope. So it's this whole food chain, you know, that we've got going in the bay. And it's really a chance to see that up close and personal. It is an amazing tour for adults. Sometimes we think that only kids should be doing these kinds of things, but at Sun Otter Tours, we're firm believers that allowing adults to have the space to play is something that's really important. It's really rewarding. And every time I get excited like a little kid because we pull these things in and it's just cool. You know, um, that's that's one of my very favorite tours. It really gives you a different perspective of the bay and the beach. So when people come down and they're spending a week down here or a weekend or even a day, they get to experience the beach in a way that they wouldn't normally. It's really fun. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Just for um, the people that might be listening, Jody and I live in what the, the locals and now Jody and I are our locals. Uh, they call Lower Slower Delaware right by um, the ocean, and there's beautiful bays down here. It's just a wonderful, wonderful place to live. And the Cape Henlopen State Park is a refuge for everyone who lives down here. It's just so beautiful, and anyone you know could go to the beach and so forth. It's a state state run beach, but your tour gets a little bit uh, down into the weeds, so to speak, <laughs> or down into the seaweed um, it, it, to, to really understand the science of it and the ecosystem behind it. But what was the fishing that you mentioned? In It sounded to me like insaning. 
but I, I don't think that. <laughs> like, it I don't know. A I, in saying sometimes, but it's called seining. It's S E I N seining, and it is a way of fishing that you use this big net, and people stand on either side and make a big circle. It's actually the way Native Americans fished. Um, in these in this area for a long time and people all over the world still use that as a way of fishing and catching um you know a variety of different animal sea life <laughs> that's great in my in my world of fishing fishing is a little insaning for me because i could fish but i can never catch and it drives me insane oh well see this but is maybe- the way then <laughs> Maybe, maybe I can finally catch a fish. You have to come that out be, insane with us. I will, <laughs> without going insane. insane. Yeah, that would be my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just need them to jump out of the water into my lap. You know, you see them on <laughs> that on YouTube or whatever. That would be great, but that never happens to me. And in fact, my daughter actually taught me how to fish, but uh, that's a whole whole other story. She was she was just a natural. I still uh, can't can't do it. So in 2015, you had this idea, you went to, you went and you sought out help through the SBDC, um, met Cindy, got started, ran your mm-hmm. first tour. What else, what else did you do to make that, that leap? Because this was, um, your full-time, um, endeavor at that, right. that point, was it not? It was, and it was very scary. Um, you know, really having a business plan helped me so much. And so as I put this business plan together and started just kind of working through it, I'm a research nerd, like probably a lot of people listening. So I just researched everything I could about how to start a business Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of work through the steps. And, um, I would say having a support team really did help. That was, that was really the key for me for not backing down and not thinking, Oh, I can't do this. It's too much. So I went around to hotels, like I said, and, and started talking to them and they were telling me that, wow, there's a really big need here for somebody to show our guests around. I went to the small business, uh, I'm sorry, the um, Southern Delaware tourism office and started talking to them about what kinds of things that I could do to attract customers. I went to the chambers of commerce and started really just networking with people. And I will say that Sussex County is a fantastic place to start a business because so many local businesses were so great to us. Um, They gave us advice. They gave me um, really practical tips. They even gave me things that I would have never even dreamt to ask for. The Rehoboth Car Wash let us park our bus in their parking lot and they are right there at a prime location. And they, they just offered it for free just because they wanted to help small business. I mean, who gets that opportunity? We really were just so lucky. I mean, I think that's wonderful. And it is indicative of, of the area that we live in. And that's one of the reasons I moved down here from New York city because people were just so warm and welcoming and friendly and uh, it was a, re- a refreshing change. Not just there's when you're in a, a crisis in New York, uh, people are there for you and, and everyone is neighborly. I had the best neighbors ever when I lived in Queens, but there's just something special down, down here. But I think the key thing, no matter where you live or what your environment is, is that sometimes you just have to 
ask for help. And I think that's something that's, that's hard. It is really Especially hard. For, you know, for like me who came from corporate America, where asking for help was almost seen as a weakness. Right. Um, and talk a little bit about that, because I really think that's a huge, like not everyone has that instinct to go out and go after knock down the doors that you need to knock down. Like you went, you went everywhere. It sounds like <laughs> I did go everywhere, but I will say, you know, as I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking about questions that you might ask, I was thinking that is something that I really struggled with in the beginning is asking for help. And, and probably just for the reason that you said, I was nervous that then people would think, Oh my God, she doesn't know what she's doing, which I didn't. And, or they would say, you know, you know, you're just a tiny, tiny little business. We don't have time for you. Or, you know, who do you think you are? (laughs) And my self-confidence was a little low. So I wish in retrospect, I wish that I had asked more. I wish that I had, um, you know, just asked for help at every turn. I did ask for a lot of help, but not nearly what I should have. And and looking at it from the other perspective, now when people ask me, they'll ask me for advice or, um, you know, for direction in some way. I'm happy to help them. I'm, I'm so thrilled that they ask. It's very flattering, first of all. And second of all, um, you know, I think about all of the people that help me and I, it's a way for me to do the same and feel good about that. So I really do wish that I had asked for more help along the way. Well, to me, it sounds like, and you might hear dogs in the background <laughs> and maybe I can edit this out. Maybe I can't, but um, I, to me, it sounds like you really did ask for help. And you, and even um, you're, you're saying that you could have asked for more. Um, so that's certainly Interesting. What else, what else did you do? I know you're doing this, um, with, with your husband as well. So that adds another, uh, kind of layer of complexity, good or bad. Um, how is he? (laughs) Well, he works full time. So, um, you know, the, the majority of the business, the idea for the business was mine and the drive for it was mine. And then I just pulled him in and thank goodness he is very generous and big hearted. So whatever I needed, he was kind of like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And let's do this too. So that was great. Um, the kind of the down part about working with your spouse is that there's really no escape. Then, um, you talk about the business all the time, constantly, everything we do for fun is really about the business. (laughs) So it kind of can be a little overwhelming, but on the other hand, I mean, you know, if you have a good partner, there's really that that's really the optimum, isn't it? I mean, it's really lucky. He also had a full-time job, like though, and that is really lucky, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's and it does sound like that you you do something that you love and that you're a true science ge- geek, if you don't mind me saying so. <laughs> don't mind at get, all. There are a lot of people, <laughs> um, Yes. Science Geeks Unite. <laughs> and the University of Delaware down here is... Um, it's true. They, they, they have a huge uh, windmill, um, wind turbine, I should say. We're, uh, we're not in um, old world Holland saying windmill, but um, 
<laughs> there's a, a bunch of us that yeah, and there's are, a lot of science happening it. here and there's a lot of science happening everywhere isn't there and we just need mm-hmm. to kind of look out for it so that has been a real treat too is just kind of incorporating science and technology into our tours uh we do a beach brew beach brews and booze tour and we incorporate science into that because really it all kind of boils down to science so that has been really fun too because it's not just a you know a a booze a booze cruise it's really just um people getting to see how science works behind your favorite beverage you know it's pretty cool how does it work i know (laughs) And why does it work so well here in Delaware? I know this is turning into a Delaware podcast, <laughs> but it seems like there's so many microbreweries and craft breweries popping up all over the place. I think that's a phenomenon everywhere, but I think, you know, we're just such a small state here that it feels like everywhere you turn, there's a microbrewery, which has been great. And that's mm-hmm. another another indication too of how nice it is to start a small business here. Um, one of the things, one of the reasons that it works so well is, you know, we're home to dogfish head brewery. And if you go Mm -hmm. around to other small breweries and, um, the meadery or the distilleries, um, a lot of the people that have started these businesses were once at dogfish and have started with the help of dogfish. So, in that way, oh, really? that's just another indicator of how how great it is to be in this community. Oh, that's that's terrific. So tell me a little bit more about um, some of your other tours that you offer and how you how you made that that jump into them. Do you do private tours? We do a lot of private tours. And uh, of course, with private tours, our guests get to kind of decide what they like for themselves. So we do a coastal farms tour. So we go out to a little farm called Goat Joy and people get to play with the goats and do goat yoga and um, all sorts of things like that. We go out to Lavender Fields, which has been an amazing, amazing partnership for us, and um, talk about lavender and make some different things with lavender. We go out to see their beehives, and they they do um, lavender honey. And from there, we started thinking, oh, lavender honey, then we could do something with the meadery and they make honey wine and we can do something there. And it just kind mm. of snowballs. And, um, so our tours really come out. The honest, tr- the God, honest to God truth is that our tours are basically anything that any of us say, Hey, wouldn't that be cool? I'd love to see that. We're like, let's make a tour of it. <laughs> and that's how, and that's how it happens. Or somebody will say, Hey, did you ever think about going to, and that's just the the impetus that we need to get out there and check it out. Oh, that's fantastic! So, look, it's we know it's hard to start your own business. It's start it's hard to ask for help that we talked about earlier. What has worked for for you as as far as you know getting the word out there about about your business? And what advice would you have for for some newcomers? not specific to tours, sure. but in, in any, in any rate. Sure. I think, um, something that works for us is collaborations. Um, we are, 
really big on collaborating with other local businesses in lots of ways. Of course, with the tours, we collaborate with them to bring people to them. But in all sorts of ways, we kind of pull our resources with other small businesses. And then we have this much larger sphere of influence. So, And it just feels good. It feels good to collaborate with people that when you have similar goals and it makes it more fun to do things. So collaboration has been a real key for us. Um, I think that... So how does that collaboration work exactly? Are you... You're just initiating conversations where it might be mutually beneficial or. Yeah, I think it's um, it's been mostly organic, not always organic, but mostly organic. You meet some people and either you just click or you have mutual goals and you think, wow, we could do this better if we did it together. You know, we'll if if you and I are both going to set up a booth somewhere, or we are both going to try to get in to see, um, some new, some new place. We'll kind of team up and say, Hey, what can we offer that would make it even more beneficial so that we are a kind of a bigger front, you know, and make a bigger impact. And it really, I think just having that, that other person or that other group of people uh, with you on the same side, it makes it more fun, but it also, you really have a bigger, a bigger impact. And so when you approach someone and you say, Hey, we were thinking we'd like to do this. And we've got all of these people, we're going to be able to offer you, you know, all these things in return. It's been, that has been a really great thing for us. Collaboration with other companies in different ways. Um, for us, I think ultimately, uh, what works for us is customer service. Um, we're in a very customer centric business, but you know, who isn't in a customer centric business, right? right. Um, and really just focusing on the needs of our guests is what makes, has made us successful. Um, there's really no better marketing tool than a referral from a happy customer. So we just, we spend that three or four hours really trying to give them exactly what they want and give it to them before they really know what they want. So we're, (laughs) we're always kind of trying to anticipate what people need and present them with tours um, that give them context. They give them a sense of our history and culture down here. So we're, we're always kind of anticipating the things that people might walk away with and think, wow, that was, you know, a few hours of my day that, you know, I really think was impactful and, and really made a difference. And they'll go home and, and still think about it. Well, th- that's great. So why, you know, I have to be honest, I, I've growing up or when I, in my in my younger days, I was very anti-tour. I was very, well, I'm going to, I'm an adventurer. I'm going to find my own adventure. But now it's like, well, I don't have all that much time. Maybe I should do a tour and, you know, see things that I probably wouldn't have seen if I did not do a tour. What, yeah. do, what do you have to say I, I to people that, who are like my younger you know, self? I think it has to be a, an either or, you know, I think it's kind of a yes mm-hmm. and. And um, I think that it's really great when people come into the area and either maybe they don't know that much about it and don't know where to get started. Or just like you said, they don't really have the time 
to kind of do all the research, we make it easy. So we uh-huh. would encourage everyone to get out and explore Delmarva on their own, of course. But we'd also love for them to come on a tour because that's what we do. We spend all of our time trying to um, find context and and find what makes this area special and build relationships so that when we take you somewhere, you are meeting the owners, you're meeting the creators so that you can have these conversations that are really meaningful that you wouldn't be able to just walk up to someone necessarily on your own and have those same conversations. We really like for people to. That's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually getting my master's degree in Delmarva history at Salisbury university. Are you really? I have no idea. So I really am really committed to, you know, providing that context. You, and I, for people listening, I've been on a tour and it's been fantastic. And, and Jody knows everything, even some of, I remember the tour that uh, I went on with you and you were telling me some of the darker history of um, the area as well. And the name is escaping me of the woman who was so horrible, but uh, what's her name? Patty Cannon. Yeah, I do not know everything. There are a lot of people that know a lot more than I do, but um, I certainly am interested. So I kind of pick things up. Right. Well, that's just you have, um, and I'm part of her slogan is natural curiosity. So I think you have a natural curiosity for sure. Um, but what 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 would you say to someone not to do if they're starting their own business? Uh, no, I've made a ton oh, of mistakes. I've made so, so many mistakes. <laughs> I guess that's that's <laughs> the first thing I would say is be aware that you're going to make a lot of mistakes and don't beat yourself up over mm-hmm. it. It's part of the process. Um, and you know, your plans, even, even the best, best marketing or business plan are going to change. I put all mm-hmm. of this work into this document. I was so proud of it, but when I look back at it now, Oh my gosh, you know, it's completely different. What we're doing is completely different from what I thought. And, um, you know, that's good. That's a good thing. The the stronger your marketing plan is, the stronger your business plan is, the better able it's able, the better able you are to change with it. It's, it's a real weakness. It's not a weakness. It's a strength and uh, it's a living document. So I would say that be prepared, be prepared for everything you think to be completely different. (laughs) (laughs) I would also say start small. I mean, especially with purchases, I would say, you know, if you have the opportunity to buy 500 of something, don't buy 5,000 because everything changes. Your designs change, your plans change, you get better. And as you get better, you're not going to be satisfied with what you did even a month ago. So start small and don't be afraid to ask for help, which you brought up before. I mean, that's and I think that's good advice is to, is to start small. And I think in your business in particular is that the way you really understand your customer is by talking to them and doing the tour. So in that regard, you're, you know, you're constantly changing and adapting based upon your customer's needs. Right. So that's another consideration. 
the other thing I'd like to ask you is, um, is there any other thought, like parting thoughts that you might have for someone starting up in the area, you know, not in this area or in general, um, like three things that they should know? Um, let's see. I would say... understand that things are going to change for sure. Um, I wish that I had known. Hmm. I wish that I had known that it's best to start with a team. And what I mean by that is um, it doesn't have to be a formal team, but I wish that I had known that I really needed put in place some people that I really trusted to ask for advice from. Um, when you get started, things are slow, slow, slow. And then all of a sudden it gets crazy and it gets crazy from, it seems like from out of nowhere and to have people that you really trust to point which way is up. Cause sometimes you're just kind of tumbling in this like vortex. Um, that is really important. It doesn't have to be a formal team, but, but really to think out who it is that you trust to give you good advice. Um, and <laughs> this is going to go exactly in the opposite of that. Um, I would say, trust your gut. I would say that, um, you need to get advice, but not to just follow it blindly just because other people have done that. Even if people have been su successful with it, I would say, don't follow advice blindly, no matter how well-intentioned. Um, if you just don't feel like it's right for your business, then just trust your instincts. I wish that I had done that. I think that I would have saved myself a lot of frustration and money if I had been a little bit more self-confident. So how are your, how is your confidence level? Uh, <laughs> it depends on the day. Sometimes really good. And sometimes, you know, you get off of, especially when we end a tour, my confidence level is really high then because it's been really fun. And I really love this feeling of showing people something new and kind of watching them light up or watching them just, um, change the paradigm of who they are really. I know that sounds pretty grandiose, but you know, when you show people mm -hmm. something that they hadn't thought about before and something goes off in their head and they think, wow, I could do this, or I could, you know, I could change the way I do this. It's really affirming and rewarding. So at the end of a tour, my confidence level is really great. And then, um, you know, other times like everybody else, I think, Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> I once, um, in the beginning, I once confessed to my mentor that I had spent the morning crying in the shower <laughs> and, um, and thinking, Oh, I've made a terrible mistake. Why did I ever start this? How am I going to get out of this? And she just looked at me and she was like, mm, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, everybody does that. That happens to everyone. And I thought, oh, that was kind of affirming too. I thought, well, it's not me. It's just particularly bad at this. It was nice to have that, <laughs> that confirmation. That yeah. I think, I, I think we all have those days in business. Um, for sure. That's why <laughs> 
when we were joking around, I, I still, I, to this day, I don't have the official name for the podcast. And I'm like, well, let's just call it batshit crazy women. Cause some days you just really feel like I'm batshit crazy for doing right. this. I could, you know, have that safety net of a right. corporation right. or what have you. Maybe I should call it batshit crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd certainly listen to you, Jody. I think it's uh, I think it's perfectly normal to ha- to have those days, and and the reason why I started this podcast, um, frankly, is because I belong to a lot of women's business groups and go to their lunch and go to the lunches and networking events and so forth. And the it's really different than being in corporate America, where people are just the women that I meet are, are so emotionally right. invested in in their company. And I've been at many lunches where people, you know, women just break down. And I think that's perfectly fine. It's, it's, especially if you're a solopreneur, yes. which I, you know, even though, you know, your, your husband helps you out and all that stuff, you're, you are yeah, going at here. this <laughs> alone. Yeah. You're going at this alone and it's, you don't have that team with you. And I think that's really important. What you just said earlier is to, to start that team, however you, you started. And I, I definitely wish I have done, had done that too. And I'm still, still working on that, to be honest. So it's a, it's a work in progress. Something that you just said too, I thought was really interesting about, you know, people breaking down. I, I always think to myself, I really, like many, many people who are starting a business really think of this as my baby, you know, have babies, but they're grown. But, um, I think about this as my baby and I often think if I could just think of it as a business and not a baby, I think I would be a little bit more sane. Um, but I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't know how to to just treat it as a business. I'm not sure how to do that. I don't know. It's hard to, um, yeah, maybe I'll I'll have someone to interview that could tell us how, Jody. I don't have the answers for that either. I wish I did, but you know, I, some days I I am emotionally distant, and other days it's just like, um, this is crazy. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah, and that's why I wanted to start this podcast. I think every woman that I met has have such a unique story to tell, and. I, I think your story is, is very unique, uh, Jody, too, because uh, you just did it. You just took that leap and did it and talked to people and got it started. And you have um, beautiful tour buses and the tours that you that you do are so in-depth and, and you're so knowledgeable about the area and what you want to cover. So I, I think that takes a lot of gumption, you know, and even when you said like you're you have, you felt that you had really low confidence. You still did it anyway. And I think that's something that the women that I've met who've started their own business have in common is just that, you know what, they just didn't listen to that um, negative self-talk that you couldn't do it. And you just kind of did it. Yeah. I didn't do it alone. That I, I, you know, it sounds like I mm-hmm. did it all alone, but I didn't. I mean, I just, I just did ask for help and got really great help from different organizations that are out there to help you. I think I, I don't think I could have ever, ever, if I hadn't asked for that help and if I hadn't gone to those resources, I don't think I could have ever done it. Uh-huh. 
No, and that's great. And I think uh, I think more attention and publicity needs to to be paid to those organizations that really do help you um, provide. You know, at least even just provide that sounding board. Is this crazy? Do you think this will work? Or you know, they can point you in the right direction. I think it's a great time to start a small business. I think, you know, um, you can really get started part-time. You can start something really small. And I think that for especially women, if you have any inclination that you want to start a a small business, I would say just try it. Just try it. Give it, you know, find some support and give it your best shot. And if it doesn't work or you decide that you just don't really want to do that, I think it's okay. I mean, I think that what is soul crushing is not trying. I mean, I just think that weighs on you. And I think um, whether or not you have a small business, I think we just need to really support each other and root for each other. I think, you know, we have to think, let's let's hope that that woman next to us goes out and kicks some ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's very true. I mean, I was just looking over some of the statistics when I was putting, you know, together the the notes for for this show. And yeah, we're women are making great strides in owning in business ownership, particularly compared to 1972. Um, but we're still our businesses aren't um, thriving um, as much as we would like. So about 88% and I'm just off the top of my head or now almost 90% of women owned businesses are probably bring in less than a hundred thousand a year in revenue. And I know that sounds like a lot, but when you compare it to, to all the other businesses, privately owned businesses out there, that's just like a very, very small footprint. Right. And uh, I think supporting each other to get there and just that, Am I batshit crazy or not? <laughs> I think you're right. I think that if we all work to support each other, I think, you know, the possibilities are endless. I know that sounds kind of hokey, but that, that really is true. And what I've noticed is with women, at least the, the ones that I've been networking with, uh, they're very generous and it's really community before self, which is, you know, really great. Um, cause you're always worried, you know, sometimes you don't want to reach out or talk to a competitor, but you know, sometimes those, those are the best people to collaborate with and you never know, um, when you might need them. You are so, you're so right about that. We, um, I actually started this business the same time as another woman, uh, actually two other women started the same kind of businesses here in Sussex County. And we're small here. So the thought that two mm-hmm. other women would start the exact same business um, is, is <laughs> it's unbelievable, really. And when, uh, when we found out about that, we just got together and had lunch. And we found out that there were enough differences that we really didn't need to compete. We felt like there was enough work for all of us and that we could really be an asset to each other. But the funny thing that we found is that as we were out in the community, people would say, oh, well, you know, this person was here or that person. I would be like, no, it's okay. (laughs) You don't have to choose between us. It's okay. (laughs) I agree. I mean, there's so many tourists that come down here that there's definitely enough business for everyone. And um, 
uh, you know, I think it's that collaboration aspect that you talked about earlier is, is important to note. So any other parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share, Jody? Otherwise, um, I think this has been a great conversation. I think we learned a lot about how you got started and got over some of your fears. Um, I think that is that great. I mean, you're doing I, well. I really enjoyed this. I think that, um, you know, basically it's, it's been a crazy, crazy ride that sometimes looks very different from the outside than it feels like on the inside. Thankfully, thankfully, I think mm -hmm. most people don't see the complete and utter chaos of your mind as you're starting a business, right? Uh, <laughs> but it's God. been, it has been so rewarding. And the reason I think that it's been so rewarding starting a business isn't necessarily the financial gains, which have been hmm, <laughs> somewhat meager sometimes. I mean, good sometimes, but mm -hmm. somewhat meager sometimes. But the real reward has been the relationships, the people that you meet, you know, the, the other business owners, the guests, the um, just the wide array of experiences that you have when you're starting a business from your, on your own, when you really don't have that corporate backup, when you're just out there, just flailing around thinking, Oh God, I have to make this work somehow. <laughs> I think that has, that's the most rewarding thing. And the reason, the best reason that I can think of to start your own business is it really pushes you to your limits and you start to think about yourself in a completely different and much nicer way, I think. Awesome. Oh, I think that's a great way to, to end the podcast here on, on a positive note and to, to keep with it and hang in there. Um, it's certainly great, great advice for, for anyone. And the rewards are, don't have to be financial for sure. And, you know, some, some days you're really, <laughs> you just get paid with compliments, <laughs> which is great, but <laughs> you know, there's also a business side to it as, uh, as well, but I certainly, I just want to thank you so much for doing this. And for um, again, her, oh, sure, Jody. And again, you're, if you're ever in the Del Marva area, particularly in Sussex County, which includes Milton, Lewis, Rehoboth Beach. Fenwick <laughs> and so forth. Bethany, I'm forgetting Dewey, I'm forgetting <laughs> some of the beach names down here. But look up Sun Otter Tours and how can people find They can find you? us on our website and that is www.sunotter.com or they can give me a call at 302-519-3580. Great. So that's sunotter.com yep, great and i took i completely forgot to ask how you came up with your name sun well, otter um to tell you the truth we do have otters here a lot of times people don't know that we have otters in sussex county and uh as we were trying mm -hmm. to figure out what kind of tour company we wanted to be i kept thinking about wow i really want a tour company where you know we're going to go to different places but we're going to have fun and learn at the same time. And just around the same time, we were 
out on the, one of the docks in Lewis and there was, there were a bunch of otters. You don't see otters a lot because they're, they're pretty elusive, but they were out there, they were playing mm-hmm. around. And I just, it just struck me that otters have this great philosophy of how they learn things and how they do things. They learn by play. So they learn everything through play. And I thought, God, that's what I want. I want our tour company to be someplace where people are learning through play. And uh, it just struck me that that would be a good, good comparison. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And a few weeks ago, I saw my first otter down here. I did. Yeah. I was at, at uh, Cape Penlopen and I was, it was almost like seeing a unicorn. Like, wait, that's an otter. So, <laughs> or a seal or was apparition or something, but it, I'm pretty sure it's an otter. <laughs> that's great. But um, oh, I love how you came up your name and, and that certainly sounds uh, like your company. So thank you again, Jody. Thank really, you. really appreciate it. It's Joanne French, your host of Women Interviews. These shows end way too soon for me. I hope you got something out of this. I know I did. Every episode, I learned so much from these wonderful ladies, and I really hope you do too. Tune in next time by subscribing to our podcast or find us on Facebook at Women Interviews. Send me a note if you'd like to be a guest. I'd love to hear from you. And special thanks again to our sponsor, interviews.com. To your success, ladies. Enjoy the rest of your day.